It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Call into the show, 405-362-7128, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the possibility that the Oklahoma City Thunder can trade up to the first overall pick and select LaMelo Ball. We're also going to talk about Chris Paul and what happens if the Thunder do and what happens if the Thunder do not trade Chris Paul. This is Locked on Thunder, your only place to get a daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So subscribe wherever it is. You get your podcast. So we're going to start with LaMelo Ball today because that's the biggest news around Oklahoma City. ESPN draft expert Jonathan Giovanni has made it known that now it appears that LaMelo Ball will be the first selected in this upcoming NBA draft here in about eight days. But that does not mean LaMelo Ball will be going to Minnesota. Now, it still could mean that, but he reports from ESPN that the Pistons, the Bulls, and the Thunder are looking to move up to number one to draft LaMelo Ball. And if this catches you off guard, it should. Especially with this organization, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, that play everything so close to the vest, they still do not have a head coach. They never let anything leak. I would find it hard to believe that a move to go from 25 to 1 is all of a sudden just public knowledge. So maybe this is all a smokescreen. But how does a deal get done? How can the Thunder navigate from 25 all the way up to 1? 
Well, they have a treasure chest of future draft assets. And I've said since May on this show, the Thunder can be in any trade conversation they want to be in from now until the rest of time, really, because of the the historic draft capital that you do have. For the next three or four years, you can be at any table you want to be at in terms of making a trade. Now, this specific trade, I don't think you make it by throwing together future first-round picks. Because I think in order to get a package that's based solely on future first-round picks that Minnesota would accept, again, not getting back a, a immediate player in return, outside of maybe your 25th overall pick, you would have to throw so many picks out there that it would no longer be worth your while as we were looking upon the 2021 class and the 2022 class as historic draft classes with many, many generational talents. And to their credit, Zach Lowe and Jonathan Javoni both said that no team is really looking to pony up a first-round draft pick for next year's class uh, in any sort of trade in this year's draft. So with that being said, how do you get to 25 to 1? If there's not really a clear package of just stockpiling all of your future draft assets in, into uh, Minnesota and giving it to Minnesota to get LaMelo Ball, and you especially don't want to give up 2021's pick, how do you get there? And it makes me think that maybe there's a deal in place already under the table, handshake agreement. Oklahoma City knows they're somehow going to acquire a top 10 pick, whether it's that's number eight with the Knicks or whoever it's with. Basically, they know right now under this scenario, that they're not picking at 25. They're actually picking at, again, let's just say pick eight. And so now you don't need to make up ground from 25 to one. You need to make up seven spots. So then that becomes even more obtainable for the Thunder. And to me, that seems like the only way to do this. Because personally, I'm not giving up future picks. I'm not giving up picks in in these next two draft classes that I think, again, have historic generational talents. I'm not throwing away my shot at, Cade Cunningham, and I'm in no way throwing away my shot at Cade Cunningham by trading future draft assets right now. It reminds me a lot of the trade packages we've seen over the last few weeks, mainly whenever Thunder fans wanted Buddy Hield. And I'll use the same analogy. Yeah, you can go all in for Buddy Hield, or yeah, you can go all in for LaMelo Ball. But do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go purchase the iPhone 11 today when the iPhone 12 comes out next month? Do you really want to do that? Because something better than the mellow ball is coming down the pipeline. So you better be sure that LaMelo ball is the one you want. Just like when Thunder fans wanted Buddy Heald, eventually a better player that fits your timeline better for this rebuild will be disgruntled. And that's when you can make your move. I know that the wait and see game, I know being patient is not always fun. But to me, the only way this deal gets done is does not include future assets. And it does not include Shea Gilgis Alexander. And I only mention him because Zach Lowe threw out there that, that, you know, he's talked to people around the NBA and they've said, are you sure that Shea is off the table? Because, you know, what if they view LaMelo as having a higher ceiling than Shea? And they kind of think that, why not swing at the at the first overall pick with Shea? 
I don't see a pathway for the Thunder to trade Shea. And they shouldn't trade Shea. So you shouldn't trade Shea. You shouldn't trade a ton of future draft capital. So then that leaves only one possible destination. That is if you have a trade in line first to get up to number eight, and then you can package eight and something else to get up from eight to one. So I think that this deal kind of is a bit of a smokescreen because I'm sure the Thunder have done their due diligence and have called the, the Wolves and have said, look, what would it take, just hypothetically, if we wanted LaMelo Ball? And then they they tell the Thunder, the Thunder say, you know what, that's not exactly what we want to do here. We don't exactly want to give all of that up. But now the Wolves can use that and say, look, the Thunder called us, so maybe, uh, you know, if, if you want LaMelo or if you want James Wiseman at number one, you better give us a call now, because look, we've got the Pistons calling, we've got the Bulls calling, we've got the Thunder calling. And that Thunder name to be thrown into this hypothetical realm of teams who are trying to get number one, it would work and it would boost your leverage if you're the Wolves because the Thunder have a ton of future assets to give up. So you can lie and say, look, they're ready to go all in. So what is your counteroffer now to where we don't go to Oklahoma City and make this deal, even if there's no deal uh, to be made for Oklahoma City? It's just playing the smokescreen game as we get closer and closer to the draft. It's no different than literally four days ago LaMelo Ball was tanking interviews. He might have fallen out of the lottery. He might go mid-lottery. And now, fast forward to present day, he is now the for, the, the for sure first overall pick. Six days ago, James Wiseman was back up to the for sure number one overall pick. It is smokescreen season around the NBA draft. But let's say this is true. And they find a way to get LaMelo Ball. Because I'm not a GM. And I, I don't really know what Sam Presti would view as a fair offer for LaMelo. So let's just say that he really wants LaMelo Ball. And we can grade the trade later on when we have the actual details. What is it about LaMelo Ball? We're going to talk about the kind of player he is. And we're going to talk about the kind of impact he could have. And we'll do so under the assumption that you keep Shea. Because I just don't see a way that you trade Shea. First of all, shout out to LiAngelo Ball. Oklahoma City Blue legend is the only reason the Thunder signed LiAngelo Ball to a G League contract was to test out the waters on the Mellow Ball. I don't think so, but it's just a funny narrative to run with right now. And look, if Will Weaver's the head coach, which we talked about on Monday, if Will Weaver gets hired, he coached the Sydney Kings. He had an up close look at LaMelo Ball in the ABL. And Will Weaver wants to run fast, he wants to push the tempo. And that can play into the kind of player that LaMelo Ball would like to be in the NBA. So we'll talk about LaMelo Ball and his fit in Oklahoma City under the assumption that this report is accurate from ESPN, under the assumption this trade does not involve Shea, and under the assumption that the Wolves do not just say, forget all these all this trade nonsense and just take them and be at number one and be done with it. But coming up, let's analyze LaMelo Ball as a player and even hear from Chad Ford of the Locked On Podcast Network about what he thinks of LaMelo Ball. First, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Go. Built Go makes it so much easier to break through your wall and do your best at whatever it is you do. Whether that is a mental or a physical wall, break through with Go every single day. It's an easy-to-take, one-and-a-half-ounce package to put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, to put in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or just put it in your pocket and get through the rest of the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It is five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. 
plus it is natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system. Plus, it is easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. Built Go then kicks into action and keeps you going strong. Collagen protein promotes soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So visit Built Go right now, builtgo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So what about LaMelo Ball as a player is the question as we're back on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about your Oklahoma City Thunder. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Again, will Oklahoma City actually make the move all the way up to number one and draft LaMelo Ball. That's some of the reports right now that they are interested in going that route in Wednesday's draft, next Wednesday's draft. But let's break down LaMelo Ball as a player under the assumption that they do want to leap up and get him. Well, the first thing is he's an amazing playmaker. And that is an interesting pairing with Shea, who many people thought would get his chance to be a point guard in this season. You're trying to tank. You're trying to lose. You're going to trade Chris Paul. You need to trade Dennis Schroeder, who's on an expiring contract. And that leaves Shea as the point guard. And you give him this season. He tries to learn an offense in the NBA. He tries to command an offense in the NBA level. And you see what happens. Because if he's not good at it and you lose, that is great. He's If he's good at it, you're still going to lose, which is also great. Uh, but now you know the position you want him to play. Because he's already proven to you he can be the off-ball guard. He's already proven to you he can play off-ball. Now, if you bring in LaMelo Ball... You have to have LaMelo Ball being the point guard. You just do. Because playmaking is the only elite thing he does. Outside of rebounding, playmaking is the only elite thing he does. Because he's an elite passer, elite ball handler. He has a really good feel for the game. I think that sometimes you can try to do too much and try to be too fancy a little bit. But that's to be expected. But even with that being said, he is still elite grading out as a playmaker. So that leaves Shea at your off-ball Guard. And again, he'll play wing because Lou Dorton needs to play the two, whatever. But that leaves Shea off ball. So you're signing up for Shea to just remain off ball for really his stint in Oklahoma City. Because if this pairing works and if Lamelo Ball works, he'll be here for a long time. Shea will be here for a long time. And that's going to be your pairing. 
But again, Lamelo is incredible at playmaking, so you cannot take that away from him. He's a pretty nice finisher, has really good touch around the rim uh, with his layups and floaters. He does try to avoid contact, so he, he tries not to get hit down low. And at the NBA level, how well are you going to be able to continue to pull that off? Uh, and, and at the NBA level, do, do those floaters and things like that, whenever you try to shy away from contact, do they continue to go down? But still, he's putting on he, he's put on film that he has really, really good touch around the rim. He can finish and path with, pass with both hands, so... That extends the his abilities to both score at the rim and to pass out uh, whenever he's trying to play make. He is, again, an elite rebounding guard. And why is this so important? The fact that he is elite at rebounding. Go back to what we talked about yesterday with Will Weaver. We, we were praising how good Baisley can rebound around the floor. So Baisley's best asset was his playmaking. And he's improved his shooting a lot. And hopefully that turns into his best asset. Because hopefully he can continue to be a knockdown shooter that he showed a little bit in the bubble. So, Baisley can get the ball off the rim and, and go coast to coast. No problem. Lamelo can get the ball off the rim and go coast to coast. No problem. Shea can get the ball off the rim and go coast to coast. No problem. Lou Dort is a point guard in his background in college. He can dribble just fine. He can go coast to coast. That's four out of five guys on the floor who can get a rebound and go up tempo. And that's exactly what Will Weaver wants to do. He wants to turn defense into offense. He wants to be in the transition game. He wants to run fast. LaMelo Ball helps you do that. And Will Weaver got to see him up close and personal in the, in the ABL. Now, his size, LaMelo Ball, shows you he can be physically, on paper, a versatile defender. But he has been an atrocious defender in his career. And I will give him the benefit of the doubt that I give everyone else. It is easier to lock in. It is easier to give effort and to try defensively at the NBA level than it is when you're playing in Australia where you don't really care and don't have, you know, so to say, pride in that league, the same pride you would have at playing in the NBA level, uh, where it is easy to get lackadaisical and to not care about high school basketball. Now, by the same token, if you're not giving effort in high school, if you're not giving effort in any of the pro leagues you've played for overseas, both in Australia and I believe in Lithuania, he played. Why would you magically click into a, an effort giver and a good defender at the NBA level? That's simply just banking on the fact that he would want to improve his his play style and improve his game at the NBA level. So take that with a grain of salt. But physically, he should be able to guard pretty much every pretty much every position on the floor. So that's good if you can teach him defense and if you can get him to lock in. Because I mean, if you can get him to lock in with his size, if you can get Shea to lock in with his size, and then you know Door will be locked in and you know that Baisley can switch as well, that's a very switchable lineup. That is a very good defense if they're all going to lock in and perform. But the problem is, we've never seen LaMelo lock in. So he looks terrible defensively right now. We don't know if he'll still look terrible when he locks in, or he could look good. So we just don't really know a lot about his defense. I think he's been really bad. He's been really bad. Now his size should keep him from getting exploited too, too much, because if he'll at least just stay in front, his size should let him contest a little bit of the shots. Therefore, he will not just get blown by every single time. But you do worry about his defense. You also worry about his shot. And here's where you run into a bit of a problem. Because if he cannot shoot at the NBA level, he's a very streaky shooter. He can go anywhere from a lights-out three-point shooter to literally going 0 for 8 or 0 for 10 from beyond the arc and just will not stop shooting. He's not a consistent shooter. So if he cannot shoot night in and night out, we know what Shea can do when he's shooting. We know that Lou Dort is not a consistent shooter at all either. 
we know that Darius Baisley in the bubble, he showed some things from beyond the arc, but how consistent can that be? You're running out of positions. I mean, there again, that, that, that's your four, that's your core four. Then who's going to be a reliable three-point shooter for you? And that's why whenever you go the guard route, I like Terrell Terry a lot more for the, for the Thunder specifically. And he has a bad mechanical jump shot that he told us whenever we were talking to him and I was talking to him at the NBA Combine interviews, he told us he's not looking to change his shot. That's not even on his, on his radar. He's not been working on it this, this quarantine. He has not been looking to improve it. He thinks his shot is good and he's going to keep it. So he's kind of hard-headed about that jump shot. Will that continue to be the case once the dust settles and he's with an NBA team and an NBA coaching staff and maybe he runs into some adversity at the NBA level from beyond the arc? Who knows? And then another positive thing about him is he does have the confidence, which is a big deal. He has the confidence. He thinks that he's going to be the best player out of this class. He thinks he's going to be a special player generational talent. Whenever everyone is saying that in this class, there's no such thing as a franchise changer. He thinks he can be that. Now, does he believe it in the sense of he's going to go outwork you? From all accounts, he seems like a hard worker. So if you put that mindset with someone who's going to work hard and is going to be in this culture of Thunder basketball, a culture in which he's never had. And again, I can't really judge the ABL's culture, but anytime you're in somewhere for one season and you know it's a one-season thing, you're not going to buy into their culture anyway. We know what the culture was at his high school. He could do whatever he wanted to. He could pull up from half court. He could pull up from the other three from the other free throw line if he wanted to. Then no one was going to stop him. Nobody cared. And he didn't have to get back on defense. We knew what the culture was in high school. He's never played in an environment like Oklahoma City. And that can really help him. And that can really help his development because he's going to work hard. And that's one thing that I think everyone should feel good about. He's going to work hard. A trade up to number one to get him would, would mean that Sam Presti feels confident in him being the guy and him being the cornerstone of a championship team. You don't trade up to one. You do not trade up to one at all if you do not think that the guy you're getting is a cornerstone of a championship team. And Sam Presti has a pretty good track record. Sam Presti, one of, if not the very best, in the NBA. So there's still a lot to like about the ball. Just, just the shot and the defense worry me a lot. Just the, the shot worries me, but he did score 17 points per game, seven rebounds a game and six assists per game with a 42% effective field goal percentage this last season. So LaMelo ball is interesting, very polarizing. It would put Oklahoma city back on the map. If you thought that because they were going to rebuild and, and tank that they would then slip away from the new cycle, being in a small market, well, add LaMelo Ball to the fray, they're back, baby. They are back in headline news. He'll bring you that. So, do I want this to happen? It's an interesting question because I do like the the player LaMelo Ball is, but at what cost? I do not want to lose Shea. I do not want to lose the Oklahoma City future draft picks, because you can control those pretty well. You can control where you end up in the lottery and where you end up. So as long as you have your pick in 2021 and you control that if you tank, you can get that 14% chance of getting Kate Cunningham, I'm fine with I'm trying, I'm fine with trading some future assets, but I do not want to empty the treasure chest just for the mellow ball. So do I like his fit in Oklahoma City? At the end of the day, I do. But the question is at what cost, and we will have to judge that trade 
when it comes through. Coming up, we're going to hear from Chad Ford, NBA draft expert, on what he feels of LaMelo Ball's potential and ceiling. And we're also going to talk about if CP3 will be traded or not by the Oklahoma City Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. To put a bow on the Lamelo Ball conversation, I do want to play for you what Chad Ford had to say during his big board episode on the Lockdown Podcast Network about Lamelo Ball. He was number one on my big board 1.0. He remains number one on my big board 2.0. Lamelo Ball, point guard, point forward from Australia, polarizing as ever. Teams worry a bit about his defense. Is shooting. There's still those weird rumors around because of the whole ball factor and, you know, what sort of role that is going to play. But then there are elite tangible intangibles in LaMelo ball that more than any other prospect in this draft warrant him being ranked number one. He has elite size for his position He is the best passer in this draft and does that at a high, high all-star level, that elite floor vision, this super high basketball IQ, great feel for the game. If you're going to take a player number one and they're not going to be one of these elite three, four tool type players that typically go number one, one of the things that a lot of scouts believe is you go for that one skill that they can do it an elite level instead of picking a player that maybe has, you know, three or four like average or above average skills. And so for LaMelo Ball, it's going to be that court vision, what he brings to the floor on that end, the way he sees and feels the game, the poise that he has there. And you're going to have to hold your nose a bit. If you've watched him, you know that he's streaky shooter. He's not necessarily an explosive athlete. He struggles as an on the ball defender. There's, Tons of things that you could pick apart with LaMelo Ball. And there's been some disagreement among NBA teams about where he's at as far as maturity, what kind of locker room player that he's going to be. But most of the people that I talk to aren't worried about this. And I, I wonder how real the stuff that I'm hearing with some teams being worried is and how much of it is the the typical we're a month before the draft and we're going to be spitting misinformation out. So there you have it, the LaMelo Ball conversation all wrapped up on the Locked On Thunder podcast. Let me know on Twitter what you think about the impossible move for LaMelo Ball at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I do want to dive in real quickly to the Chris Paul conversation, right? Because now it's becoming what happens if they do and do not trade him. 
I still think Chris Paul gets traded. I think that there's too much smoke around this. He'll be traded probably to the Knicks, but I'm not. there's no sourcing on that. I just have a feeling it's to the Knicks. Now, I do think he gets traded. What happens, though, if he does not get traded because of the condensed timeline? Because you have to figure out a massive trade like this, both salary cap-wise and the direction of your team. Because whoever trades for Chris Paul, you're still getting an aging point card with injury history, a massive contract, and the possibility that this small aging point guard will get hurt this season and you're left with him on the books for next season. That is still a possibility despite how fantastic he played in Oklahoma City. So I think he gets traded in the Thunder tank and then they end up with a high draft pick next year and a very loaded draft class. But what happens if he cannot be traded? Oklahoma City will not have another magical season. Right, because they're not going to retain Delino Gallinari. Dennis Schroeder, an expiring deal, is a very coveted player for a team trying to boost their roster this offseason. And he does not have the same injury concerns. He does not have the same contract. And he's off your books after this season. And the Thunder are in a position that they could take on long-term money. So you take away Dennis, you take away Gallo from a team that already lacked depth. And no matter what Chris Paul does... This Oklahoma City Thunder team, even with Chris Paul, will not have another magical season. We'll have a, still have a good starting lineup, but will not have a fantastic one. We'll not have a competitive one in the sense of going to the postseason. And so, what the Thunder and Chris Paul both should want is Chris Paul spending more time, a lot of time this season, load managing if he's still on the books in Oklahoma City. You want him to load manage prior to that trade deadline, go out there, perform really well, sit on the bench a ton, rest a ton, That way he stays fresh for his new team. That way he does not get hurt before you can trade him. And the Thunder, while he's on the bench, can continue to lose and continue to get that higher draft pick. So even if Chris Paul is on this team when the season tips off on December 22nd, do not think that that means that this team will be going for the postseason. Unless this team plans to retain Gallinari, plans to retain Dennis Schroeder, plans to add to this roster, there is no point and keeping Chris Paul. I don't think that this organization wants to be on the treadmill of mediocrity where you keep Chris Paul around for a couple of years and you kind of waste a couple of years of Shea's rookie contract by just being a first-round team at best. The West is improving a lot this year. I'm not even sure if you have the exact same team you had last year that you're a playoff team. There's no point to keep him around. You're, You're only keeping him around if you literally cannot find a trade partner. And in that case, you wait it out until the trade deadline when teams find flaws with their roster and you have more time to break down each contract and figure out if it's viable for you and Chris Paul can continue to prove that the injuries are behind him, yada, yada, yada. So if you keep Chris Paul, it's not the end of the world. I still think you lose a lot of games. You lose more than you win and you're able to get into that 14% range of the lottery. So that's what I think will happen. I know that there was some talk about, well, what if they can't find a partner? What happens then? The Thunder should not change their course. They should still want to rebuild. They should still want to head forward with being bad. Because that's a very good pathway to survive and to advance your team and your organization in a small market. Because you're not going to get that massive free agent. You're not going to get Jimmy Butler to come and and, and spark your rebuild. You're not going to get any of that. You need to build through the draft. And they do that by tanking. They do that by elevating themselves up to a position where you have 14% chance of getting the first overall pick. And if you do that, 
if you get yourself in the top four or so of, of next year's draft with your future assets still intact, you have enough to trade for Cade Cunningham, even if you don't get the number one overall pick. You have enough to make your move on the guy you absolutely want. Look, I know we're all in love with Cade Cunningham. His season has not started yet. You have not started to look him under a microscope beyond his high school film. You have not started to pick him apart. You have not started to overthink the process. If you have a top five pick next year, plus you have your future assets from the historic trades you made with the Rockets and the Clippers, you can get Cade Cunningham no matter what. Listen, Luka Doncic was traded for on draft night. Luka Doncic, despite a year prior to that draft, everyone thinking he'd go number one, didn't go number one because the further and further we got into the draft process, the more and more that teams at the top started overthinking and overanalyzing everything. And the Mavericks threw out all their assets to try to get them, and they got them. And really, you look at that deal, they didn't get up enough for generational talent. So it can happen for you. Just wait it out. Just do what you need to do. Put yourself in position for a top five pick. Put yourself in position to retain your assets. And then make your big play when you know you have a blue chip prospect that cannot miss. And if Sam Presti thinks that that's Lamelo Ball, okay. But if not, wait it out. So let me know on Twitter what you think about Chris Paul. If he does not get traded, does that change at all for you, the tanking mindset for the Thunder? And also let me know on Twitter what you think about LaMelo Ball in the sense of should they leap up number one to go and draft him. We'll be back tomorrow on Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.